do you want to do uh you want to do episode seven or we could record it later too whatever we can do a well, i don't know we can do seven okay cool yeah it's you, you good for it yeah, Ryan? Rock and roll. okay here we go Hey everybody, welcome to ExoSquad Goal, the ExoSquadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Chris Ferentino. I'm Ryan Hardy. And here we're going to talk about episode 7 of season 1, A Traitor a Among Us. Um, a Twitter, a Twitter, <laughs> Tweetor, the, the neo and most active on social media. <laughs> Tweetor. <The>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tweet, tweet, Tweetor. Um, <laughs> Smash, again. <laughs> I, I I have I have served you well. Smash that retweet button. My hashtag game is, dare I say, on fleek. Yeah. Neo sapiens have no word for fleek. <laughs> Why would you have on fleek when on point exists? <laughs> so this is this is a pretty like fairly you know not super action packed episode, but a really important one because it really shows you to look at like how life is under the Neo-Sapien regime. What, like, really stuck out for you guys in this one? Uh, um, or did I catch everyone taking a sip of their booze right now? Because <laughs> I know I'll, I was. I'll take a sip of your booze. <laughs> okay, can I say one thing really quickly? It's been two episodes without a good Captain Marcusism. Like, I'm, I'm going into Marcus withdrawal here, man. Well, we haven't, we haven't been back to the fleet yet. I mean, he's still... And, like... It's been all E-frame so far, and that's, like, not what Marcus is about. <laughs> no, he's... Like, well, I'll, I'll even say, there was a shot of this... In this episode, there's a shot of Winfield, and he's, like, you know, gonna make a big proclamation or something. And you see Marcus in the background, and I got really excited that he was gonna be, like, you know, by the Kentucky Derby, I never done <laughs> saw those things, and, and it was nothing. He just sat there silently. I think Abel Squad completes him, and... Without JT Marsh around, I don't think he knows what to do with himself. They they definitely have a like Captain Picard Q thing going on where it's like, you know, JT, you're the closest thing I have to a friend. Can you for the <laughs> screenshot of this episode, Chris? Um, at, yeah. at one thirty six into it, so it opens. It, it opens <laughs> with gonna... Nara's sort of having a dream, and she's narrating. She's kind of going crazy thinking about what's happening on Venus. Not crazy, but it's haunting her. And, and yeah. she's she's like sleeping uh, with her headband and her stuffed animal, and her stuffed animal appears to be rolling its eyes at her <laughs> and just making a face. And if it's over the executive producer, will Minois credit? So if you just find that frame, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say that's what stuck out for me in this episode. So so it starts off Napier's captured. Uh, Marsh and Marcel and Deleon don't know what to do with Zenobia, so they can't get off Earth. But uh, this, a lot of this episode is about how Nera is haunted by the destruction of Venus and will do anything to get back there, even if it means disobeying orders. So this was an episode I remember, uh, I also remember, this is one of the few episodes I remember from being a kid, and I remember that uh, the end where they're getting into the sun as like being really scary. Because there's like a bunch of kids on the, uh, on the shuttle, and uh, it ends with like them just soaring into the sun, which is wild. But again, I mean, and this is after we've seen an old couple separated where they might never see each other before they die. We've seen a woman thrown against the, like a bulkhead in this like space freighter thing, holding her child who starts crying. And we 
are reintroduced to JT Marsh's Death Wish, where he <laughs> looks into the sun, where they're getting dumped into, and just goes, any bright ideas? Look at what your neo-sapien friends do to innocent people. Sent to Venus. I should have known. <laughs> any bright ideas? So the... So the whole sun thing, right, is that they're um, the way they've decided to get off of Earth and to get to Venus to find Aljon is to join the deplorables or the undesirables, as they're <laughs> called, who are being shipped off to Venus, presumably to be sent to jail. But in fact, they're not being sent to Venus. They're being sent to the sun where you have to imagine thousands or millions of other people have also been sent off to burn up in the sun. One more sacrifice to the sun god, more garbage to the incinerator. There is a great setup and payoff in this where we'll get exiled and we'll use that to get to Venus. And Marsala goes, I don't understand. Exile is illogical. And then they show them like dumping it and like they cut to the pilots and they're like, haha, the only logical solution, genocide. These Terrans are such fools to exile criminals is not logical. However, we must remember these are the creatures who believe in the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. Well, well that's one thing that I think is uh, is wild in this episode is like the scene where the ex with the, the so the end is like they're uh, when the, the, the ship is getting moved out. The two Neosapien pilots that are talking about like letting the humans go like they're the, the they might be the meanest people we've seen so far. <laughs> Because they're just making jokes the whole time. They're like, right. nope, they don't smell back there. Yeah, and, and like they're like, the humans really thought we would fly them to Venus. These are the people that didn't believe in the Easter Bunny. Like, first of all, it's fucked up that a kid's show uh, tells you the Easter Bunny isn't real. Like, that's fucking, that's fucked. <laughs> um, uh, and also, uh, I want to go on record as saying there's no proof the Easter Bunny isn't real. So, it's in your court. Science. Yeah, Science. Well, I mean, there's also a crowd when earlier in the episode, they have uh, Napiers in basically like a torture center and the transition to get there is, you know, establishing shot closer in shot. And it's literally just a room with like flashes of electricity and like four Neo sapiens just laughing their asses off, loving it, watching him get, yeah, get tortured. And I'm like, Neo sapiens are really into torture of like of all the things they could have like taken to being like, you know enjoying as a pastime this is the one which i did not see coming i'm sorry general shiva no terran has ever withstood this level of interrogation this man must truthfully know nothing of the resistance and then i feel like what one of them makes like a dig about him too which is like, we've <laughs> zapped him a ton. He must not know anything about anything. He's pretty dumb. Like, <laughs> like he would have said something at this point if he knew anything, but he doesn't know anything because he's so dumb. Yeah, literally nothing. My, my note on that was, they love being assholes, man. Dot, dot, dot. So. <laughs> they really do. And like, there's definitely, uh, like, the worst Neo-Sapiens definitely run like the bases and stuff. Because they're like, they seem really into it. Also, uh, Bronski riding De Leon's E-frame is so awesome. Oh, it's so good. Oh, God. Uh, it's the best. Oh, jeez, guys. Slow it down. You're making me dizzy. You were born dizzy, Bronski. I heard that, punk. Hostile exo-frame incursion. Intercept. Where? And the E-frame and the e is, like, sassing him. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's amazing. And then there's that scene where uh, Winfield's reviewing the intelligence, and he's like, isn't that picture upside down? And then it just cuts to Brodsky, like, flying through the air, like, ah, I'm so wasted! Like... <laughs> There's there's a great moment when he gets right when he first gets in the E frame and it's like all these dials and stuff and he's just like you know it shows him like thinking a command and it's like nope can't do that and he thinks he's like oh yeah well what about this <laughs> how does Dillion work all this stuff it is time for both on command please reformulate <sighs> reformulate this you useless slag pile. Your mental imaging represents an impossibility, Operator Bronski. Oh, shut up and let me do my job. He just told that E-frame to go fucking <laughs> straight up, like yeah, like like eat my entire asshole, like insufficient data. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, well, I was gonna say some things that stuck out to me. Just so, oh yeah. So the so the two big things are. Marsh and Deleon getting on this transport ship to Venus and then the resistance breaking Napier out of the place where he's being held, which they do. So they Marsh and Deleon break in. They give Napier Marsh's frame. He escapes. Deleon blows up his frame in the middle of wherever the ship <laughs> just blows it up. <laughs> and then they then they Deleon goes like says something and then they hear him and he goes, I forgot about their exceptional hearing. Which is, you're just getting yourself back into it again. <laughs> if this is first class, I don't want to see economy. Uh, talking is forbidden. Get in the shuttle. I forgot about their exceptional hearing. Uh, they hit him. They're like, he's like, no talking. Hits him. Oh, I forgot they could hear us. It's like, dude, he's right there. He hasn't moved. And then Deleon says, collaborators make me sick. And I'm thinking, is it Marsala? What's Marsala? Is he <laughs> not a cool? Yeah, that's some that's some gray area right there. I guess man. he's not faking it, but they do. They find out that Diana is a traitor because Diana goes to a goes up to a Neo Sapien to uh, tell them that Marsh and Deleon are exo troopers. But the person she talks to is Marsala in disguise. I have some very important information for you. The two Terrans leaning up against the wall on your left—they're exo squad troopers. They've snuck aboard to get to Venus. They're saboteurs. They've got to be stopped. If you insist. You are Marcella. I don't... Like you, I am a stowaway. The uniform was acquired. This way, please. Marcella basically like, grabs her arm and is like, oh, you're a traitor. But then he ends it with, oh, um, please come this way. So it's like, even when he's being super threatening, he cannot help but be incredibly cordial all the time. And I love that about Marsala. Yeah, he's just like the politest, nicest guy. And Deleon gets nastier as time goes on. Like, you kind of think of like the, the state of the intelligence officer as someone who's like, you know, very proper and like a right hand man. But like, he gets pretty savage in there. Yeah, he's he really he has some choice words for collaborators and people. Yeah, he does not. He sees like, you know, he, again, as the intelligence guy, he sees the world as like, Diana is an asset. What can she give us? Can she give us anything? No? Okay, get rid of her. It's a little chilling for Drank, a children's cartoon. It's really, as a kid, he was actually one of my favorite characters, partly because he was so internalized in a lot of ways, where you don't necessarily see him as like, I mean, he, okay, he has those sweet moves in episode one. Check those moves, Bronski. He's not a big personality like Bronski or anything like that, but he has this weird military efficiency about him, which a lot of the other characters don't. Can I say he looks so much better with 
in his E-frame than he does outside of his E-frame. His haircut is just off the map. It works better when he has his, like, goggles to frame it, but without it, yeah, he just looks like, he looks like he just woke up. He looks like Sideshow Bob. He does look like Sideshow <laughs> Bob. Holy shit, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, Sideshow Delion. <laughs> We get a lot of Nara in this episode, which I like. It sets up her going to Venus. There's a lot of, like, ominous proclamations in this episode. Like, she goes, I'm going home. And, uh, and De Leon is like, or, uh, JT Marsh is like, we're not going to Venus. You heard my order, follow it. Aye, aye, sir. She's going down. Ron Torres, I'm going home. Oh, those animals. We're not going to Venus at all. It sets up the trip to uh, to Venus where we're going to see what's going on there. Because so far we've only seen what's going on on Earth and in the Jupiter belt. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty interesting character twist for Nara to want to go to, you know, she she basically claims that her frame has been damaged and she needs to set it down, even though that's not true. So she's willing to do basically whatever it is outside of the order of things in order to find out what's happened to her family, which is kind of, I don't know, not very professional. She literally, like, vol- first she volunteers the squad for a recon mission, and then she basically, you know, once they're bugging out, she's like, oh, sorry, it's not working. I mean, okay, she she uses her rank to basically order them away, but if they were like, you know, like, fuck the orders, we're going in! I don't know, it was very tenuous, and it's interesting because it sort of shows, like, as a character, she values her family more than the Exofleet, kind of like what we were talking about, like, she was Exofleet, you know... Rotsy or something like that. Well, it's kind of like we was with Diana, which which I think Ryan brought up last time, which is that the women characters seem to value their families more than the male characters. Do we know a male character who has like anything other than war, aside from Napier, whose wife is a collaborator? Um, yeah, no, because they're all they're like none of the other ones. They mentioned families. Yeah, they're all they're all all... (laughs) they're free, they're available. Yeah, Yeah, they're all they're all they're all they're all looking to mingle. Um. Yeah, because Nara's, because that's one thing they don't really acknowledge, but I always kind of thought was, like, Nara is, like, a lieutenant, and she's, like, a, she seems like a ROTC kind of person. Like, she didn't sign up for war, and she's kind of having to deal with it. Like, she went, she joined the Exofleet to, like, see the galaxy, or see the solar right, but she's from, yeah, she's and, from a, fa- she's also a farm girl, yeah. you know. Yeah, she's, like, clearly, like, a farm person, yeah. Yeah. Um, she wanted that, like, space scholarship <laughs> to Venus A&M. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be someone. I want to plug my brain into robots. <laughs> <laughs> See the galaxy, they said. No, nah, man, you're going to stay here and run the Robotiller or whatever future farming is called. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever future farming equipment is. It is interesting because it's sort of showing her taking that step from, you know, in the first episode, she, she still has her teddy bear, but then growing from sort of like that kid character to being like, I'm going to take control of the situation and find out for myself what's going on because she can't stand not knowing. I don't know what it says that, you know, Marsala's on Earth and she does this, you know, it's like without without him in the picture, I don't know if he functions as kind of like her moral compass or what or staying with the fleet or something like that. But it's interesting that once he pieces out, she's like, okay, bye. Family time. Yeah. No, Nara definitely is not as as committed as everybody else. And I think that's I think that's on purpose. Like she's the she's like the voice of you'd expect like a kid, like a, a regular person. But I do miss I don't know, I, I prefer it when her and Marsala are like in the frame together, just aesthetically. So Oh, also that assault on the base rules. When they they're trying to get themselves captured and they uh and they blow up that base, 
so awesome. One thing I didn't understand about it was that one of the guys has to disable the electric fence. Tanaka. Tanaka. Yeah. But they're in flying ships, and they could just simply just fly over the fence. Okay, I was literally thinking the exact same thing. They they make it a huge, like, a good, like, you know, three-minute sequence of this episode where Tanaka's, like, crawling along the ground, and he's like, okay, this better work, and dodging gunfire to disable this electric fence, and they show up, and they literally, they walk in, but then they all fly out, so it's like, you didn't ever need to disabled it's not like you were liberating the whole camp they could have either shot through it or just flown over it and whatever the sound effect that they use whenever the e-frames walk makes them seem so painfully slow (laughs) 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 that you're like you're like here they come Er, er, (laughs) they should be here and i can see them they'll be here in a couple hours get the fence up there's a awesome moment though during that assault when there's like uh the sentries up in the tower and they freaking like rocket the whole tower and it just goes down and you just hear the dudes like they give them like almost a Wilhelm scream like, ah! you know, <laughs> and I always love that because I'm like, damn, freaking straight up murdering dudes again. We thought we were off it. <laughs> well, no, everyone shall die. <laughs> That's Exosquad. Everyone shall die. Yeah, but Executor. I, don't yeah, I don't have a ton for this episode. It's it's. It's one of the more straightforward ones. It's a very transitional one. Oh, what, what, one weird thing I had was JT sends this message to Winfield, but it's like a heart monitor. <laughs> so it's going... <laughs> it literally flatlines. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not... And, but it comes out as a video message to Winfield, even though... JT's very... Uh, again, he didn't have Maggie Weston to actually show him how it works. So he's just like, I don't know, press a button. And it's like, nope, you just hooked yourself up to a heart monitor, dude. You're not talking to anyone. <laughs> and then he like stares at it for a really long time after <laughs> flatlines. Like, 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 There's like a he's spe- trying to pretend like he knows what it means. <laughs> yeah, Delion's like, y- y- you got it? He's like, no, 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 I-, I-, I got it. I got it. Yeah, it doesn't, you doesn't sure? work anymore. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great moment too when, uh, again, like we talked about it last episode where uh, the NeoCPs have like enhanced uh, senses. And you see, like, the, when the guards, like, steps out and his eyes dilate huge and he sees uh, Marsh and Delion trying to, like, bust into this door. And freaking Marsala just, like, snatches that dude and murders him in the shadows. What's the holdup? New design. Nice work, Marsala. He did not expect us. But then he fucking like Bo Jackson's his gun. And it's like such a good moment. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's this really good silhouetted fight with them. Then it ends with them being thrown off into the sun and Marsh is again making cracks. Like, I, that's my goal in life is if I have to die early, that I can make sweet, sweet jokes. Yeah. It's like without even any effort. He's like with Delion, who's a stone cold killer. And all these people, and he's just, you know, again, just any any bright ideas. And it's like, man, you don't miss a beat. You should have been, like, on the Amanda Connor show. Like it's, He went to the James Bond school of yeah, heroism. Yeah. It's just like, don't panic. Think of something cool. Don't panic. You have more time than you think. 
Bright ideas. Nailed it. Exo Squad will be back in a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Chris here. Just want to jump in for a second and say thanks so much for the positive response. As always, you can always reach out to us on exosquadgoals at gmail.com, hashtag exosquadgoals on Twitter. I want to give a special shout out to the Exosquad fan group on Facebook. You can find them at www.facebook.com slash exotroopers. They do great profiles about characters and just like it's a cool place to go and discuss the episode. Thanks so much for finding us, guys. It's it's really cool. If there's anything you want to hear on the podcast or just discussed or something that you've thought of, hit us up. You know, we always love to hear from you guys. Um, we're also going to try to do a uh, end of season wrap up once we finish this first season up. So if there's any like broader themes or something like that you guys can think of, let us know because we'd love to dig into it. I also want to give a shout out to Air Calderon for the use of his metal cover of the Exosquad theme song as our intro and outro music. It's freaking amazing. Look it up on YouTube. You can find him. He is 331ERock on YouTube. He does metal covers, shreds, the whole thing. He's awesome. Yeah, so check his stuff out. Reach out to us. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. You can find this anywhere you think you can find us. Uh, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, everything. But without further ado, back to the show, and we'll see you next Saturday with another thrilling episode of ExoSquad Goals. Now back to ExoSquad. Who are you guys' MVPs? Who you got, Ryan? Uh, hmm. I'm going to give it up to that baby. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm sticking. I'm sticking with the baby. That baby, because uh, it, it it reacts how I would if I found out my ship was like sailing into the sun. Like I'm not, I'm not being like, well, it's about to get a little hot in here. I would be like clawing at the wall and being like, y'all sell up anybody. Literally, I'm like, <laughs> I, I will, I will name names. I will, whatever you want, man. Like Phaeton rocks. Like, yeah, straight, straight mayor of Chicago. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm I'm Phaetoning city out, like. <laughs> like, like I uh, full star scream, full star scream. <laughs> I'm gonna say, my man Tanaka, for taking the incredibly unnecessary steps <laughs> of disabling the fence, and then not only doing that, but booby trapping it. So when they're like, "We got heat on our tails," and he's like, <laughs> "Not for long," and blows up like a whole bunch of Neo Sapien E frames, and then just like joyously runs towards the assembled uh, resistance. It's it's just like. An amazing performance for a total side character. So he's my man, mustache. Okay, I this is a t- this is a tough one Tanaka. because the, the awful Neo Sapiens I want to do, but I got to give it to Brodsky. Oh, I think for for manning up and flying the the uh, the <laughs> the recon frame, uh, the Daleon frame. I don't know who put him in that one, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whose idea it was, but you know he gives it his best. Yeah, like like that seems like that seems like a uh, that seems like a uh, a Western slam dunk, right? Like, uh, <laughs> right? We have like the hyper uh, technical intelligence frame. Well, we have uh, an officer candidate, a career soldier, a uh, technical expert, and like the guy we had to fish out of the drunk tank. <laughs> uh, like, oh yeah, drunky. Like, got the only the only guy who has to wear a jacket in space. Like everyone else is fine with like. You know, I was watching that. I'm like. Deleon's frame, okay, it's got like a, a dish on the top, but then you realize that Bronski's frame, again, is basically just like a tube with legs with two guns on it. And you're like, oh, it makes sense. He's like the fire support guy, right? Like, yeah. That's kind of yeah, what it's he's, like. He just, he's there to have all the guns and to shoot everybody. <laughs> and not but to also a grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Somebody, somebody <laughs> uses it in, either in this one or the other one. Uh, somebody actually uses a grappling hook. I think it's this one. It's, uh, what's her face? Is it Eve? It might be Jinx. It's oh, Jinx. that's what it's Jinx. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, he fishing. He does like a fishing move where he like reels him in really quick, then like shoulder checks him. I remember, and it's totally badass. This is one of the few episodes where it's. Let's cut it now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, last episode is like there's so much good stuff, and this one's just like, yeah, they do a jailbreak and get put on a boat, (laughs) you know. But it's you know, I I I like that we're into. I'm always fascinated by shows like, you you know, they've done their first kind of big movement which sounds like they took a giant dump but um <laughs> you know what i mean like sometimes you have like one good idea and it's hard to go forward with it and so i'm always fascinated to see what happens when you're like they've that they, you've established everything where do we go from here like the, the sort of the easy part's over and now it's about building these characters in this story yeah and like the war is officially on now like all the uh yeah but exosquad exosquad does have this interesting rhythm of like a very plot heavy episode and then like a connective episode which is usually just e-frames firing at each other <laughs> uh so like which is awesome like this episode kicks way more ass than episode six but episode six has a lot more stuff in it which is cool yeah. no definitely and it's like it's a lot of times when you see a movie and you're like that movie didn't work one of the things everyone always says is like oh well it lacked the connective tissue you know it's like uh you know i don't know why they those look like little moments yeah like you said this is an episode where it's a whole connective tissue episode where it's what are we going to learn about all these different things like we saw in six the like the image of life under the neo sapiens with the talk show and stentor the announcer um but this is the reality. It's like they're just taking people, putting them on uh, space tugs, and launching them into the sun. So have fun with that. Well, like a, a lot of times, you don't, you know, in movies, you don't want to show the transit. Yeah, but I think this was a, actually does that in a really compelling way. It shows how characters get from place to place in really interesting. Like this is a big cliffhanger. <laughs> like yeah. the pilots are gone. You're in a pilotless box heading towards the sun. Okay, full disclosure, the last time I saw this was in college. So it was like, what, 2004 or 5? I think. I think, Chris, you had like a, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. a CD with all the episodes and we'd <laughs> yeah. like gather in your room and like watch them. Right. And I remember seeing this and just being like, I don't remember that cliffhanger, man. Like, I don't remember it being that extreme. You kind of like expect like, oh yeah, you know, Masala will, you know, just save them immediately. But it's like, Nope, as presented, this is it. Hope you don't like those characters too much. They dead. <laughs> they gonna die. Yeah, I think when I watched this as a kid, I missed the next episode because they showed it once a day. <laughs> so, like, I never knew how they got out of it. And, like, I remember being like, that was a really dark... Like, that's, like, an unusual... Like, like that's, A, like, a lot of characters to die all at once. And, B, like, for a children's cartoon, is a pretty messed up way to die. <laughs> like... Yeah, no, it... Like, it's, it's like the idea of like, oh yeah, they had this equation and they fucked up. They're ju- they're just gone. It's like Game of Thrones in that in that like precious period before you realized that like killing main characters was his only real move. <laughs> so like you're like you're like anything can anything can happen, but might not happen, but could happen. <laughs> Whereas now it's like oh yeah, I mean oh oh that guy yeah definitely yeah, yeah. dead, so dead. Did he show emotions? Uh, yes, the dead. Dead. dead so dead so dead um but yeah uh i'm excited to keep going and uh i want to know what's going on in venus yeah uh, funny that because the next episode is called scorched venus episode eight 
not it's just scorched Ooh. phoenix it's not you know whatever um but again we come out with a new episode every saturday so like subscribe find us on itunes google play stitcher soundcloud hobos fighting in an alley yelling world star we do it all and use the exo squad goals hashtag to to let us find you and see what you're saying show us pictures of your toys um anything you like that's safe for work tell us when you you will not be around your toys like when you'll be out of the house at work (laughs) tell us where the toys will be (laughs) if you have a regular schedule please announce it to us especially if you have an extra carrier resolute hey are those they still are those three still available (laughs) oh by the way did uh did we have an ad this week uh we did not not you not not you ryan it's a bit oh it's a bit (laughs) (laughs) whatever Uh, god damn it oh somebody bought one of them there are two left uh so this episode brought to you by two loopy ladies if you need a custom-made crocheted item go to two loopy ladies on etsy Uh, are you yeah. a Neo Sapien and you look in the mirror and you see that your head ridges and tattoos say that you're an underachiever and you don't want the other Neos to know? Get a hat crocheted. They'll never know your secret. Two loopy ladies on Etsy. Mention Exosquad, mention Exosquad goals for acknowledgement that we went to college with them. Two loopy ladies. We only right. went with one of the loopy ladies, I think, right? It's um, one loopy lady and the other loopy lady is the first loopy lady's mom. Oh, that's oh, well. <laughs> So it's it's just we only went with one of them, but anyway, but do that. Just, go see just them; they're awesome. Go, yeah, just go see them. Dude. But so, like we said, the next episode is Scorched Venus. Again, find us on all of those platforms. Email us at exosquadgoals at gmail dot com. Find our website at exosquadgoals dot com, and reach out. We'll be adding more content to the site. Hopefully, uh, you know, make it a destination. For when you open up your your browser first thing in the morning, forget that Yahoo News. It's going to be us. You watch. Probably not. It's just going to be the same thing. Everything. Just listen, download, but, tell your friends. Yeah, and rate and review. That's the most important yeah. part. Rate yeah, definitely reviews. give us reviews. Yeah, all of them. Make sure they're good, or we'll find you. But uh, for Exo Squad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy, and I'm Chris Farentino. Uh. Are there any heroes in this company? No, sir. World peace. <laughs> we were close. all we were almost close. Close, close enough in concept and form. <laughs> hey, man. But still, still, still lacking in execution. But I'll, I'll allow. We're making it, bro. We're making it. Oh no. Bye, everyone. Bye. What would the uh, Neo Sapien who says goodbye be named? Uh, Bear what? See you later.